0: Welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Melanie Wise. And I'm your other host, Jen Otero. Mercy Talk is presented to you by Mercy Multiplied, a nonprofit Christian organization that is committed to seeing hope restored and lives transformed through the love and power of Christ. Since 1983, Mercy has helped thousands of young women break free from life-controlling behaviors and struggles through our free of charge biblically based residential program. That's
1: right. And Mercy's outreach activities are designed to educate, equip, and empower men and women of all ages to live free and to stay free. So on Mercy Talk, we want to tackle real life issues and everyday struggles that affect our lives by applying the same biblically-based principles of freedom that we've seen effectively change lives for 35 years.
0: To find out more, go to mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied.
1: Today we wrap up our series on safeguarding ourselves and we hope it has been an encouragement, but also perhaps a challenge for our listeners. Mm -hmm. I know it's held some reminders for me as well. Mm -hmm. And so the last piece that we want to land on today um, in the series is that place of taking responsibility for our lives um, through the place of self-care. And, you know, self-care is one of those popular topics. Yes. There's even self-care places in the library, that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes it's kind of poorly explained. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a broad term that encompasses just about anything you do to be good to yourself. Um, But it's also about knowing when your resources are running low and really stepping into a place of going, okay, what re-energizes me? What helps to restore to me what I need so that we don't just kind of get pulled away and not in a position of strength. And so sometimes the problem is that we will cancel our plans for self-care and put it on the back burner because we have all of these other things going on. But what happens is you get down the road and you realize, oh no, those little bits that I did not put as a priority ended up not building into me in the way that I needed it. And now I'm completely spent. And now I'm in some of the things we talked about even at week one, you know, compassion fatigue and worn out and cranky and bitter and frustrated. And the reality is sometimes self-care isn't it? It's not like I have to take a week away every month in order to have self care. Sometimes it's just those little things mm-hmm. that build into us that are just really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we kind of want to land on today, talking through those things practically, but also I think just giving listeners and ourselves permission yes. to go, I, it's okay to step away and to build this into my life.
0: And I'm thinking back to some of the things that we talked about on the first week of this series. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard that, I would encourage you to go back because yeah. we talked about just the importance of understanding that, um, you know, I think sometimes even in the church, we've built up this idea that self-care is a very selfish thing right. and that somehow you putting yourself first, that goes completely contradict, like, you know what scripture says about yours be last and the last will be first. (laughs) And I'm like, I I get, there's a reality that we are, we are called to serve and love others and to consider others better than ourselves. That does not mean that does Mm -hmm. not translate into, I don't see anywhere that it talks about the importance of, um, just letting go of all of your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health right, on that's behalf of another there. person. Like that's, just, <laughs> I don't see that. And so I think there's just a really good place of balance. When we say self-care, we're not saying put yourself first in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. We're saying just take care of yourself and be healthy. That's like, right. That's what we're talking about. And so- we today is just so much about about practicality. Yeah, it is. Um, and really giving some very just specific ideas and advice. And I would love to kick off today just by talking about the importance of no matter what you are doing, no matter what your job is, your role is in ministry or at your church. It is so important to just build in fun and mm-hmm. and, and have friends. Yeah. <laughs> like and I know that's like, okay, Wow, it's very Thanks, enlightening, have friends. Okay, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I would say that for a lot of people who um, have have very specific helping roles, especially people who are maybe pastors, ministry leaders um, within the church, you will find yourself sometimes in relationship only with people that you're helping. I yeah. actually know some youth pastors who their only friends were teenagers. That's right. Holy cow. Not a good idea. Mm-mm. You absolutely need to have places and people where you can take off all those different hats that you wear in those different roles and you can just be you. Yeah, And you do not need to only have relationships with people where you're always having to be the strong one and you're mm-hmm. always having to be the helper. You need friends in your life who can actually love on you, support you, encourage you, support you when you are weak and at yeah. the just bottom of the barrel, you know. So I just I, I feel like that's an important place for us to just start today mm-hmm. is just understanding the importance of fun and friends. So huge. The next thing to really <laughs> that I think to myself I'll
1: take note on this one is to really take time to rest. Mm. <sighs> Now, often when we hear the word rest, we automatically think of a nap and that may be it. Mm-hmm. But I I really believe, and I feel like the Lord's shown me this over and over the last year, is that rest really is a place of mind and heart too. It's not, because I know me, I'm not a napper. If I nap, I wake up grumpy. It yeah. doesn't work well. It's like same. some people, that's great. It doesn't work. So if that really is what rest is, then that doesn't work for me. I do know that there's places of just quiet, connecting with the Lord, going out for coffee with a friend. Like there's just this place of really Settling in and realizing I don't always have to be working or cleaning or helping or whatever, that sometimes there's just that place of tucking away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember even when you recently taught this, Mel, you said, and it made me laugh so hard that you said, contrary to common belief, workaholism is not a virtue. (laughs) But seriously. It's just not. And yeah. I think often in our culture, we can get bought into the idea and even that comparison can come in where we feel like if my calendar is not overpacked and if I have am not working or doing more than the person next to me, then suddenly my value or my purpose drops. Mm-hmm. When in reality, that is just a big old fat lie. And when we buy into that and rest kind of leaves the room, we're in a position for burnout in a whole nother way. Mm-hmm. And so there is that place even in the self-care conversation of going, how do I rest in the way that I'm wired? That may literally be physical place of rest, but more often than that, sometimes it is that place of going, okay, Lord, how do I build this in for myself? And I can think of, even just this week, a couple conversations with clients where the Lord specifically spoke to them. In this healing season, I want you to learn how to rest because in the rest, you connect with me heart to heart. There's a new place of clarity that comes. You're able just to settle into the decisions I'm calling you to. Like, There's just a whole another level to that idea of rest that I think is so helpful for us to really like settle into and go God will you begin to show me what that looks Mm -hmm. like for me and why it's so important Mm -hmm. and not to get bought up into that lie that my value and my purpose is how hard I work Mm -hmm. or how many hours I work or what this looks like Mm -hmm. but really going do I do well with rest and if not how do I begin Mm -hmm. to build that in
0: and I think people may hear that and be like well of course workaholism is not a virtue and (laughs) blah 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 but I would challenge you to think through how many times this can pop up for you. I'm literally about to completely tell on myself. Yeah. So not too long ago, we had a workshop that was on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, typically if we work on a weekend, we'll take off a day in the week, you know, to kind of like um, offset that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I came to work the next Monday after that Saturday. I'm taking, you know, like later days off that week. Well, so I'm here on Monday and somebody's like, I can't believe you're here after having Saturday, like Mm -hmm. that whole day of workshops and that you're here today on Monday. And there was like kind of this thing inside of me that was like, yeah, I am here because I care so much and I work so hard. Like there was like a little bit of pride in being like, that's right. I am here because I just (laughs) care so much about this place. I was like, oh my goodness, there it is. It's creeping up again because there really has been this very like Mm culture-wide idea that comes along with like how much you sacrifice and serve and give and pour out for your work or your passion or like that that is a a virtue and a value and so Mm -hmm. I just saw it creep up for myself but, I know in this area of rest, um, one of the most pivotal studies that I think I've ever done in my life was a study by Priscilla Shire. She has a study called Breathe. And she it's really all about this idea of Sabbath so and rest. Awesome. And it's so, so good. Even dudes that are listening right now, go get <laughs> it. I know Priscilla Shire is a little bit more about the women, but this was so incredibly helpful that mm-hmm. I would absolutely uh, you know, encourage both men and women to to look into it. She talks about in the book about how... Uh, there's this Jewish scholar who wrote something very very interesting about Genesis 2 she said that the the second verse of Genesis 2 says that on the seventh day God finished his work well for anybody who knows the creation story it's kind of weird because you're like well why does it say he finished his work on the sixth day because he finishes the creation of the world on day six so that's kind of interesting well so she talks about how these ancient rabbis concluded that there actually was an act of creation on the seventh day and that was rest. Wow, that's That so God cool. actually introduced a concept on day 7 that never had existed before mm. and of course she points out that the purpose of God's day 7 Sabbath day was not to put up his feet and like take a load off because he was so worn out from creating <laughs> the universe. We know that he, he doesn't get tired so he wasn't expressing like rest because I'm tired but that he was expressing satisfaction in his work so I that so. God modeled for us the importance of hard work work, but then actually taking the time to rest and enjoy and express satisfaction over that hard work. But then a little bit later on in the study, she talks about how God reintroduced the idea of Sabbath um, and the Sabbath principle to the Israelites. And, you know, we know that like when God gives them the Ten Commandments, that one of those was to, you know, keep the Sabbath and keep it holy And so, I love this idea because she talks about how in giving that commandment, God was talking to a bunch of people who had been enslaved for years. They had been working, they'd been doing, performing, striving, never able to say no. And so... The essence of Sabbath for them, this idea of ceasing and and stopping from all that striving, from trusting, from resting, that was completely against their nature as slaves. And so the Sabbath, she she introduces this idea that the Sabbath was one of the main things that God used to actually free their souls from Egypt and from slavery. And so I just love, you know, that idea of keeping Sabbath holy just took on a whole nother light to me when she introduced that idea. So it just, oh, so much about that study. Go get the study. It's good. But just that
1: concept that the Lord put that in place... As a safeguard, as we're mm-hmm. talking about that, but also just that place of connecting with him yep. and that if he, once again, modeled it for us, like we've talked every week so far in the mm-hmm. series, the ways that Jesus modeled it, or in this case, the creation, mm-hmm. how God modeled that for us, then it, isn't it important? But also on the flip side, wouldn't it make sense then that there's so much attack and so much yeah. that comes our way to try to counter that and to cause us to not rest or yeah. to believe things about our work or our value that can keeps us from doing such something so simple. That's the one thing I've found over the years, that the ways of God are often so simple, mm-hmm. but so powerful. I mean, to take an hour to rest or a day to rest is not some big, difficult thing, but it, gosh, it feels difficult mm-hmm. sometimes in certain seasons. Mm-hmm. But when we do, we come out on the other side going, oh man, there's so much that was poured back into me and so much clarity and truth and heart-to-heart connection and good things that came from that. Why don't I do more of that? Yeah, Right? So another amazing thing that I just love about God commanding us to rest is that really honestly he's communing, communicating to us that our relationship with him is not based on what we do for mm-hmm. him because it's really the reality that he just simply loves us for us and yeah. so we there's the quote that Mel found that is just, just prepare yourself oh, to kind of be kicked in the teeth on this one but it's from <laughs> the book called Margin The Overload Syndrome and the author is Richard Swenson and he says this, he says God does not have have to depend on human exhaustion to get his work done. God is not so desperate for resources to accomplish his purposes that we have to abandon the raising of our children in order to accommodate him. God is not so despairing of where to turn next that he has to ask us to go without sleep five nights in a row. (laughs) Chronic overloading is not a spiritual prerequisite for authentic Christianity. Quite the contrary, overloading is often what we do when we forget who God is. (sighs) Or, yeah, and to add to that what we do there is we often forget who we are to him as well Yep, you know Mm -hmm. that He is a good father that he doesn't expect us Mm -hmm. to run ourselves into the ground to get his ministry work done Mm,
0: which I absolutely fell prey to that idea Mm -hmm. for many years of my life I look back on young Melanie in her early 20s (laughs) you just want to pat her on the head I do (laughs) just like come here you need to learn some things where I just was like this is what God wants for me he wants me to you know pour out my life for the kingdom And so I kind of, I don't know that I would have said this, but I kind of saw myself as like a little bit of like God's workhorse. Right. That's what I'm here to do. Mm. I'm here to labor and toil. I mean, I'm here to work. Yeah. And I would, and people would like literally confront me with like, hey, Melanie, like your pace of life is probably not very healthy. You need to say no to more things. People would joke with me about it. And then some people would not joke. And they'd be like, no, really, like this isn't good. Like you're never home. Mm -hmm. You're never resting. You have a million things on your plate, all good, profitable things. And, you know, things that have some sort of spiritual component to them for the kingdom, but it's too much. You're doing too much. And I actually thought... (laughs) that it was a good thing that my response to that was, you know what, but I feel like my my time to rest is going to be an eternity. I only get a small amount of time on the planet. Right. So I'm going to spend every ounce of it just killing myself for the kingdom. That is what I'm here to do. And I really thought that was the right answer and noble it was so noble and i and i really had to come face to face with the fact that god god showed me that i had elevated working for the kingdom to almost like a place of idolizing it Mm. over him Mm -hmm. and him and and this quote is just like it's perfect like he doesn't have to depend on my human exhaustion to get his work done right that's not what he called me to no first and foremost i'm a daughter Mm mm-hmm the end i'm not a i'm not a workhorse that's not how he sees me yeah i get to partner with him in laboring for the kingdom yes but that is not my primary identity and it had become that completely Mm because i'm like i'll rest in heaven (laughs) oh man Mm -hmm. it's painful to even say it but i did yep. yep and i would even submit the thought
1: that's coming to mind is that if you're listening and you feel like oh man this kind of did just kick me in the teeth or poked me in the heart, I would really challenge you to take some time this week to just set aside and go, Lord, would you begin to give me a picture of how I see myself to you? Yes. Because I think of the times I've worked with people where they really were like a soldier for Jesus, or in this case, a workhorse or something about going, Lord, will you show me a picture of the role that I feel like I play to you? And if it's not a son or daughter holding his hand or sitting on his lap or in relationship with him and it's something else, then I would really challenge you to get with the Lord about that and allow him to begin to heal you and to show you what your relationship with him is about. Because when you come at ministry or relationship or whatever it may be as a son or daughter, it changes everything. You're just, you're saying that. And so I just really feel like that's even from the Lord for listeners to really step back and go, Lord, in my role and relationship with you, how do I see that? And what are some beliefs that are just really setting the trajectory of my life? and my decisions, self-care, yes, but in the bigger picture. Because if we go through our lives as a soldier or a workhorse for Jesus, it's only gonna take us so far. And it lacks a place of intimacy and heart-to-heart connection and a place of that father relationship that he does so desperately wants with us that when you move into that place with him, it changes everything, mm-hmm. everything, everything. And so that feels like a little bit of a sidebar, but I just feel like from the Lord's heart to really encourage listeners to step back and go, man, this is really challenging me I want to know Lord what does my relationship actually look like with you in this area Mm -hmm. even asking him to show you a picture Mm -hmm.
0: and kind of taking it from there seeing what
1: lies you believe don't hear
0: us saying that there's not work to be done that's right don't hear us saying that there's not a, a war raging and right. we're called to step into that. We're not called to step, just sit back that's on right. our couch and wait till heaven. Mm-hmm. Like we do have work to do. There, There is ministry to be done. There's loving and serving people to be done. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes your identity and it becomes your sole purpose for existence and that's there's right. not a reality of that before I am any of those things, I'm a son or daughter. Mm-hmm. It, it can become a real place of bondage. Yeah,
1: that's huge. Well, moving on to the next thing we Want to encourage you with is to really identify and to know what re energizes you and choose to Mm. intentionally surround yourself with those things. Yes. Yes. Whether that's people, whether that's things, whether that's experiences, whether that's certain surroundings. Part of this is also knowing if you are an introvert or an extrovert. Mm. So knowing that people may energize you and you may have just a crazy day at work and you want to go out and hang out with your friends. There may be some of you who are like, that sounds like hell. I want to go tuck away in my bedroom with my Bible and be by myself. Mm -hmm. So understanding neither is better or worse, but how do I reconnect and energize and get into a place that I'm getting back what I've poured out in order to be in a healthy place? Mm -hmm. And there's a couple helpful questions that we've kind of just found over the years that kind of can get the wheels turning in this area. The first one is the question of what stirs your affection for Jesus? So what are, and that could be simple things. Like I know for me going out in nature and walking on the trails Totally does. I think of just spending time with my daughters, totally stirs my affection for Jesus. Just different things that may look different for everybody. I know often at the workshops, Mel, you give the example of gardening and how funny that is to you, where you're like, I'm
0: like Not because it's mine, everyone, just to be clear.
1: <laughs> but there may be those listening who are like, Gardening, yes, I go get my hands in the dirt and I'm out that just sounds like work to me. Yeah, that I'm with awful. you on that. Mm-hmm. Not feeling like that would but be good, a good for thing. you. If but you know, it. Hey, if it stirs, then that's wonderful. The next question then is also to ask what steals your affection for Jesus. So, How can you minimize those things in your Mm -hmm. life? And really acknowledging like the things that sort of stir up the not so pretty in you. (laughs) Maybe some things that you want to minimize. Yeah, And I think the next thing is to go, okay, now that I know what those things are, practically pulling out your calendar and beginning to really schedule those things in. So I'm actually going to take this challenge for myself. And before the end of the week, I'm going to go get an hour and a half, two hours by myself at Starbucks and driving around and just spending some time because that re-energizes me. All right. But I need to get it on the calendar and make sure that happens. You just said that in a microphone. I know. You all can hold me accountable. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But there is an intentionality, especially when life is so busy. If you don't write it down, chances are it's not Mm going to happen.
0: I'm so passionate about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Putting it on the calendar because then when something else wants to come in, as it does, because you highly value this, you will not let something crowded out of the calendar. But if it's not on the calendar, everything else will take over and you'll never do it. So. Oh, it's so important. And I love this idea of just knowing what re-energizes you and, and stirs up your affection for Jesus. Because, you know, even coming into record today, I was like, man, we've had a crazy busy season here at Mercy. And I am worn out like to my core, not just yeah. like physically tired, um, but like there's just an emotional, mental... Um, exhaustion that I'm feeling and I'm realizing and I'm like, I'm, I'm literally going to take a PTO day mm-hmm. when everyone's at work and I'm by myself. And it doesn't mean that I have to build in a whole day of being in scripture and studying That's the right. word and journaling. There's going to be a portion of that for the day. But you know what? There's, there's part of that that also requires some, some energy. Mm-hmm. And so I love this idea because it doesn't mean that everything has to be, uh, super spiritual in nature, if you will. I'm yeah. using like the, air quotes like the spiritual for that. But- Disciplines, like in my
1: Bible and all the things.
0: Yep. All those things are important, but it can also just mean that, you know what? There's something about just sitting out on my front porch, just like soaking in Jesus that really stirs up my heart for him. And I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is so re-energizing to my spirit. And so just knowing what some of those things are for you can be can be really powerful. And, you know, I think self-care, it's, it's not just a one-time deal. It's yeah. not like, I'm going to plan self-care for September 8th, and then that'll take care of it for the whole year. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like you said, it's not one big thing, or like you got to plan a whole week out of every single month. It's just these little habits. And you know what? There's so, I mean, literally just Google self-care ideas, right? and you will get... A million, but I mean, just unplugging for an hour, Mm -hmm. like switching everything to airplane mode for one hour so that you are not interrupted by a bunch of dings (laughs) (laughs) could be huge. (laughs) I mean, schedule just an hour, like you said, for whatever it is that re-energizes you schedule it in at some point this week. Take a nap if you need to take a nap. Join a class. Like, find something that you think, oh, my goodness, this would just be fun. Yeah. I would love to do this because you want to build in fun? Find a class. Join a class. You know what? Spend a, an hour with a friend that just fills up your cup. You know, there's just those people that, like, I'm around them, and there's just something in my spirit that gets filled up. Yep. So, like, you know what? I, may, I need an hour with that person right now. I mean, there's so many things, so many different ideas that you could come up with. But just building some of those things into your regular routine of life is powerful. And you know what? I would say just the importance of recognizing and just meeting your own needs and knowing when you are at your limit and being willing to recognize those things and meeting those things when they're needed. And part of that is just knowing when to say no to, to an invitation maybe that comes your way when you know that you are too depleted to enjoy it. Yeah. And you just need to tend to some of your own needs. I actually love it. In that study, Priscilla Shire poses the idea that once you're unable to say no to something or someone, it has become an illegitimate God and it has creeped past its appropriate place in your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, oh, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. no! I may need to look at some (laughs) stuff. But I mean, what if it's true that you are actually enslaved to whatever you can't say no to?
1: Mm, It's huge. Oh, man. I can think, I mean, I even think, I was telling you earlier before we started to record how often, because my daughters are 12 years apart, so I'll get one down to bed, and then my 13, almost 14 year old is like, every night, because it's summertime, mom, can we watch a movie, mom, can we play skateboard, Uh mom, and I love it, but I have a very hard time telling her, no, babe, I'm actually going to leave you here, and Uh I'm going to go up to Starbucks, I still have not, so the reality is, I may actually have made her a little bit of an illegitimate (laughs) idol in my life, and there's something to look at that and go, okay, because she's she will be just fine but why is it so difficult to go no this is something mom needs and I'm gonna do this so y'all if you're not being if this isn't for you listeners this is all just for me (laughs) I'm being challenged and encouraged in this because there are those little pieces that kind of just kind of settle and you can kind of just go through life and not do what you need to do Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're in a good spot and I would just add too Mel you know there's that we often talk about you know hurt people hurt people but Mm -hmm. we also to take it even that further place it's that place of going free people free people part of self-care is being honest enough with yourself to go am I in a good place and am I in a season where maybe the Lord's stirring some things that I need to go into deeper levels of healing or revelation, especially as a helper. There may just be times that you hit up against someone else's story or things that they're working through and you begin to go, oh man, there's some things in me that maybe I need to go deeper in because the reality is that even if you've dealt with some things, there's always new levels of healing and freedom and revelation that God has for Mm -hmm. us. I believe there's certain seasons of healing that God walks us in and out of. I don't think we're always in a healing season, but I do believe there's times where he may go, he may pull you away and go, hey, it's time to go deeper in this. So mm-hmm. there's new places I want to take you and continually giving yourself permission as a place of self-care to go to those places of healing. As he calls you to, you may need to kind of seek out counseling for a season if that's mm-hmm. needed. There may be a book that he puts on your heart and says, Hey, I want you to start to read this because it's got some revelation in it. Ultimately that's for you, but it also positions you to be freer and freer and freer. So you're able to take people to new levels as well and allowing them to be positioned to go deeper in yeah. who they are to. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I think the best way to wrap up today is just to reiterate the importance of when it comes to self-care, just the importance of just staying committed to mm-hmm. your own spiritual growth. That's right. I mean, be planted in your own local church community. Yeah, it's an important safeguard for your life. Um, spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. I think uh, understanding that the true source of of freedom and refreshment in life is Jesus. Yeah, and and I love. Um, in Matthew 6, the story of the disciples going out in pairs on on these different missions and then when they've all come back and they're gathered around Jesus and and what Jesus says to them I I love the passion translation of this verse. It says, come and let's take a break. Actually, (laughs) the word break. Come, let's take a break and find a secluded place where you can rest for a while. Mm -hmm. And one translation of that says, come away with me. And so just this idea idea that when we are weary and we're worn out and we've been working and we've maybe been on mission and we come back and we're just tired Mm -hmm. that God does not say go away from me he says come away with me because at the end of the day he is ultimately our source of refreshment and the cure to your exhaustion and your weariness is not ultimately a nap. Mm-hmm. It's good, yeah. planning your nap. But the ultimate cure to that is intimacy with him and spending that time with him. And so we just could never... um state that enough just the importance of that time with him and what that does for your soul and refreshing you and so i love john 15 that just talks about you know the importance of abiding in him and how apart from him we can do absolutely nothing and so i, I think that's the best way to really wrap yeah. up this whole series is just understanding that abiding in him in him is the best way to self-care safeguard it, it's the best place for that is just in him
1: As we wrap up, we just want to encourage all our listeners to take some time if you've not yet in this series to really just take some time this week to sit down and identify at least three things that you can begin to implement, that you can begin to do in your life to better safeguard yourself. Now that could include some boundaries, that could include some self-care, that could include all the things we've been talking Mm -hmm. about, but also not just identifying those. I encourage you to write them down. Mm -hmm. And then I strongly challenge you to identify some people that can hold you accountable that will pray for you as you start to put this stuff into place, um, but they also will check in and go, Hey, how's that going? Mm-hmm. That could be a phone call, that could be email, that could be a text message, but so often we can go this is a great idea and then in 10 minutes we get distracted and busy and suddenly it's three months later and we're worn out and we've not put any of this to place and so I just really encourage our listeners to take the time to not just identify those things but to set some accountability in place and just get after it because you're worth it Mm -hmm. and your value is so high to the father that he wants you to begin to put these things Mm -hmm. in place and if you've done it before and have gotten away from it get back to it because it's so life giving and so important and so as we wrap up we also just want to encourage you to know that if this is something that's been helpful to you, you feel like it's been a good challenge. This is also a piece that we really hit on a lot at our Empower Workshop. Mm -hmm. Our next one is coming up in October. And so if that's something that you're interested in kind of looking into, we would love to have you join us. And you can go to mercymultiply.com backslash Empower Workshops. Thank you. When I paused, I knew Mel would jump in and tell you.
0: And it's Empower, (laughs) just the letter M, power. Yes. So
1: we hope that you will check that out and join us. We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you have any thoughts or questions about what we discussed, or if you'd like to share your ideas for future podcast topics, please let us know by emailing us at mercytalkatmercymultiplied.com. And if you're enjoying Mercy Talk, be sure that you go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and to leave us a five-star review.
0: We also want to remind you that Mercy Multiplied and Mercy Talk are funded solely by donors, and we are so thankful for the support of so many people all over the country and even the world. So please consider supporting this free programming by giving a gift at mercymultiplied.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thanks for listening today and we hope you'll join us next week.